In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And in this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. But we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this show is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact, globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry, we're all over the web on every podcast channel from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. Just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you will find us. I also invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or connect with me on the website leadershipbeyondborders.net. And let let me know what you want to hear about on this series. I would love to get an email from you. But if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless of your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. And today we're going to talk about kind of a really fun subject that I never really thought about. And I recently read a Forbes leadership article that encouraged leaders to pick up a novel and the reason was because it would engage and stretch the right side of their brain, the creative, introspector, and empathetic side, because during the workday, we usually use the left side of our brain, the logical, rational, analytic side of our brain. So why pick up a novel, okay, and why a novel? Is it not better to learn from business leadership books? The consensus seems that a balance between reading fiction along with leadership development can help create stronger leaders. And in this episode, we're going to speak with a leadership expert and uncover the secrets behind why reading fiction can help you be a better leader. Our guest today is Melanie Bell, the co-founder of A Strategic Peace. The company helps B2B businesses generate outstanding revenue growth by bringing together their marketing, sales, and service teams around an information-driven customer experience built on the HubSpot platform. Melanie is an active angel investor and mentors the student accelerator programs at Rice University's Owlspark and the University of Houston's Red Labs. She was also the president of Marketing Interface, a company created in 2014 before Strategic Peace, operating their marketing strategy and technology consulting firm. At Leaders Who Read Fiction, Melanie is helping people acquire and develop leadership qualities through fiction, reading, and intellectual business-oriented conversations centered around selected novels in our world, reading fiction, and leadership development coexists with this. So Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And Melanie, you have you have such a wide background as angel investor, um, marketing sales expert. What got you interested in the subject of reading fiction and leadership, um, leadership development? So I've I would say I've always been a big reader, but there was definitely a blip early in my career where I stopped reading fiction. Um, at the end of the day, and after looking at a computer all day doing digital marketing, um, the last thing I wanted to do was pick up a book <laughs> and, and keep reading, um, which I imagine a lot of people can identify with. Um, and a few years ago, I, I really missed it. And so I started deliberately reading more. 
fiction um, as a as a hobby, as a break for my brain at the end of the day. And um, what I noticed was as I started reading more, I would talk to a lot of my clients about what I was reading. And there were so many people who really loved reading novels and nobody was spending time doing it. We were all either working too many hours or um, if we did have time to read, it was picking up the latest business book or a self-help, you know, self-development book, which are all great, but um, nobody was really picking up fiction. And so I was like, okay, well, why don't I start some sort of group of people who are interested in this? And what I found was that people just needed that excuse. And kind of looking back on it, I was like, oh, there were little kernels of stuff that I think put me on this path. Um, I went to business school and after I finished, I was reading a science fiction book. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I wish we had read this in my organizational behavior <laughs> class. Um, that would have been so much more helpful than some of the stuff that we read. Um, so there were little pieces along the way, but mainly it was that I wanted to start reading again. And I noticed that there were other people who who just needed that reason and excuse to do it. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's really funny getting preparation for this interview. I, I mean, I really never thought about connecting reading fiction with good leadership. And then um, I started to research it and I found articles in Forbes and Harvard Business Review and many mm -hmm. other sources um, about this. But I, I guess my question to you being quite involved in this now and having the group, which we're going to talk about later, is this kind of a, a new wave of leadership development or has it always been around and it's just becoming a little bit more popular now? So all of the stuff that I have found, I would say, has been published within the last 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think it's it's fairly new. And I think our, at least my personal sense, is that when we think about leadership and what skills we need to be a, a good leader, I think that that's changed over time. And I mean, I certainly see more of an emphasis now on, I mean, I, I, I will put it in air quotes, not that anyone can see this on a podcast, <laughs> but, but uh, the soft skills of leadership where we're talking about creativity and critical thinking, empathy. Um, I think we're seeing more and more discussion around how do we cultivate those skills and leaders. Um, I think that there's a greater expectation from employers that managers um, and leadership teams will have have that as well. Um, so to the best of my knowledge, I would say it's a fairly new development. You know, when I think about that, I and I think about the articles I read, I, I think you're right, because if you go, if you really look back 20, 30 years, okay, um, and you kind of was more of a dictatorial type, type leadership, um, you know, and by fiction, you kind of see the empathy and you kind of get into people, characters' lives, it probably didn't interest leaders that much, as you're right, with the skill change it has changed today, uh, which brings me to another question. I mean, um, I've read in some of these articles that science really explains that reading fiction novels, novels positively increases our empathy level and understanding of others. Um, when you go talk to others in your group and when you read, uh, you know, do you see this theory supported? I think so. Um, I see it. And the, the reason why that happens is especially when we're reading books with complex characters, um, our brains switch into simulation mode. And so we actually start identifying with the protagonist. So like the main character of the book, we start identifying and in our heads, we become that person. Mm -hmm. um, and it's more powerful than watching, you know, that happens more than when we're watching videos or watching TV. Um, so for some reason, um, that's what triggers in our brain. And I, I think that we get, we're getting this experience of walking around in other people's shoes, which is exactly how, how we up our empathy is, mm -hmm. is practicing that skill. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's. I think that you've just kind of hit the nail on the head, and I want to come back to that in a minute. 
Um, but I, I just kind of want to relate that to before we get into what happens to us when we when we read fiction. I mean, just your experience between the difference between reading fiction and reading um, nonfiction or business books. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going to be honest. I never get through a business book myself. Okay, <laughs> it's like, I'm like skipping from chapter. You know, here's chapter five to chapter ten. You know, and in yeah. some ways I lose it in between. Um, <laughs> is that you know you're also a leadership trainer, and you know is that your experience with business books too? <laughs> It is for me, um, personally, I think that sometimes there are specific things. I feel like when I pick up a business book, I'm like, there's a specific thing I want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that's one chapter, then I'll go read that one chapter and ignore the rest or at least skim it. <laughs> it's, I mean, even the good ones, I mean, they're a lot of times quite similar to other business books and they're quite dry. Um mm-hmm. you know, even if they're using anecdotes and uh or animals, if we we're gonna go to the uh who moved my cheese <laughs> reference <laughs> getting into anthropomorphic characters, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and then as kind of, you know, do you think uh, that there is a place um, today, it's just staying on the on the business books for a second, do you think there's really a place in leadership development for business books? Or do you think that today with the change of leadership skills, they've kind of come obsolete unless you really want to learn one certain method or, or something very specific? I still think that they have a place. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the first time when I was stepping into a management role, I had no idea what, what I was doing. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people feel that way their first time in a role like that. And at the time I went to my boss and like, okay, so what do I, what do I do? And their advice was to go read psychology books, um, uh-huh. which is interesting advice. Um, nonfiction, but it wasn't business. And their point was, if you can figure out what motivates people, that's really a huge crux of, of being in a leadership position. And I think that there are, I mean, there's still business books that I, I really like, but I kind of have my, my favorites and, uh, you know, I'm quite happy just, I need to go back and reference them from time to time. Yeah. But I'm not saying if people really enjoy them, then go for it. Um, mm. I don't think it's harmful to, to read them, <laughs> but uh, if given the choice, my my personal preference, I feel like I get more out of fiction yeah. than reading reading another business book. Yeah, and I never I never really thought about this as until we did the thing. I I just thought about every time you know I I read another I I you know do another get another business book. I really do kind of skim through it. Um, but mm-hmm. I want to come back. I want to come back to the important part because we're talking about what we can learn, how we can develop ourselves through reading f- fiction, and we're going to talk about that after we take a short break. And. Um, you know, for our listeners, please, you know, we are talking today to Melanie Bell, and she's the co-founder of Strategic Peace. And the company helps B2B businesses generate outstanding revenue by bringing together their marketing, sales, and service teams around an information-driven customer experience built on HubSpot platform. And Melanie is also an active angel investor and mentors the student accelerator programs at Rice University's Owl Spark and the University of Houston's Red Labs. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with Melanie, who is also an advocate for leading, for having leaders read fiction, and she founded leaders who read who read fiction while operating their market while operating her other businesses. And you can find out more about Melanie on LinkedIn under Melanie Bell. And on Instagram, you can learn about leaders who fic, who read fiction under leaders who fiction. And also you can learn more about strategic peace under strategic-peace-llc. And that's on LinkedIn. And also on YouTube, there's a channel um, under at leaders who fiction 34 so please reach out to melanie 
And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual pieces of training, conferences, does market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. And they also have live conferences. The next one is in Porto, Portugal, October 22nd to 25th. They also have a section that focuses on startups. And they have a platform that is free to all entrepreneurs and startups. And it's an e-learning platform that helps startups go from idea to exit. And you can access that at no cost by going to the www.cinda.org website and under Cinda for Startups and registering for the platform. So if you're an entrepreneur or startup, please do that. And with that, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And uh, today we are talking with Melanie Bell, the co-founder of Strategic Peace and also the the founder of uh, Leaders Who Fiction. And we're talking about why fiction is really important in in developing good leadership and um, leadership characters. And uh, her company... Uh, strategic piece helps B2B businesses generate outstanding revenue growth by bringing together their marketing, sales, and service teams around an information-driven customer experience built on the HubSpot platform. And Melanie is also an active angel investor and mentors the Student Accelerator Program at Rice University's Alice Park and the University of Houston's Red Labs. So welcome back to the show, Melanie. Thank you. Okay, so we're kind of, kind of, kind of, we're giving, kind of smashing uh, business books before the, before the break. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let, let, let's get back to, let's get back to um, fiction. Okay, talk a little bit about how that can really help leadership development, um, and explore some of the ways that that we can develop ourselves. So in this Forbes article I read, um, it said that reading good fiction also can powerfully expand your emotional capacities. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of the emotions, one of the things that I like about fiction versus business books, and not to keep bashing them, because like <laughs> I said, the, the, there's a time and a place, there's a reason why they exist. Um, and, and that's great. But a lot of times when we're reading them, the, the writers have broken things down into very black and white scenarios. Whereas in literature, there's so much gray area and we're dealing with mm-hmm. complex characters that are 
you know, what they, what we should see as somebody who wants something, who's willing to really go for it. We're, we're put, we've put ourselves in their shoes. Like I said, from a neuroscience perspective, we've got our simulation brain on, we're identifying with that main character. And most of the time, what a writers should do is really turn up the pressure as much as possible mm-hmm. onto this character so that there's constantly conflict and tension and emotions that are, are running there. Um, and so I think that we just get to see through different stories a really wide range of emotions that characters can experience as they go through these conflicts. Um, and and we're getting to experience that through through simulation. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you talk about that wide range of emotions, and I'm just I'm thinking about bringing that back onto some kind of later de- leadership development, because um, I know when I read, I do kind of put myself into those characters, you know, and kind of get involved in them. But when we're in the workplace, we really don't tend to get um, involved that much in the emotions of what's going on or, or other people's feelings. So, so, you know, when you kind of relate the two to leadership development, how can we use that to develop ourselves in as better leaders? How can we use this, this connection to these characters' emotions? Well, so I, I guess I'm of the opinion that we probably, even if we're not talking about our emotions at work, we're all, pretty emotional creatures mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, even people that I would say are on the more, more robotic side yeah. <laughs> um, of life. And I can point fingers at engineers since I'm married to one and work with one and <laughs> say still emotions there, um, different scale, but they're still there. Um, I think, you know, one of the things in marketing, because that's also what I, I spend time on the day, my day job doing that really surprises people is they think, oh, if I'm selling into a business, that's less of an emotional decision than if I'm selling to a consumer. I don't need to worry about people's emotions at work because we're all rational, logical beings. Mm-hmm. And there have been a lot of studies that have proven that that's not true. When people are making a purchase decision on behalf of their business, it's actually a more charged, an, a more emotionally charged decision than a consumer purchase. And that's because they've got a lot on the line. Um, it could be promotion, it could be termination, it could be all sorts of things. Yeah. And so as we are, as leaders, if we're good at tuning into emotions, our staff is experiencing emotions, they're making decisions that are emotionally charged. And so I think that there, it's good to be cognizant that people are emotional at work mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and being able to appreciate the nuances that somebody might be experiencing. I mean, it's not just necessarily like, Oh, happy or sad or stressed, you know, there, there can be a lot of coloring to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is this in your reading, is there any one particular character that you kind of um, in all the novels we've read, you know, really kind of clicked into the emotions? <laughs> So um, one of the books that I've read where I felt like that really happened um, is by a book by Octavia Butler. It's called Parable of the Sower, and it's a dystopian book. Mm-hmm. So kind of the world has kind of had a meltdown um, and everyone is in survival mode. And this, I mean, she's a teenager. Um, she is surrounded by people who keep, convincing themselves through denial that everything is just magically going to get better again. Um, and she's, I think emotional. She experiences a, a lot of frustration with the people around her, but she, it ends up being very productive for her where mm-hmm. she can um, prepare and actually live in this, in re, in the reality that she finds herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's you know I can think of a couple myself, but um, I, another question: when I'm when I'm really into a character, 
one of the things I find myself doing, and this might lead to leadership development, is trying to advise them. Okay. You know oh, I mean? yeah. It's like, do you do that? And I mean, totally. I can imagine that's probably a pretty good leadership. It, you know, am I crazy or is this something that's no. kind of more good? <laughs> Well, if you're crazy, I'm crazy too. So I do, I do, <laughs> I do the same thing because, you know, we really tend to tend to care about these characters. Like, if we're actually going to invest time in reading a book, if we don't care about the characters, we're probably going to put the book down pretty fast. Um, we really care about them, and most of the time, for most of the book, they're making decisions that are like. As an external party, you're like, no, please don't, don't do that. that. <laughs> um, so I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that that's a really normal thing to do. <laughs> and, I, and I think, you know, when you relate it back to the leadership development, I mean, it actually, it, it, can, it helps you start seeing things more in a 360 way you know yeah. what I mean um, uh, and so I can see why that also relates to leadership development and the other thing that I, I find um, you know there there's always good fiction always has conflicts okay and can mapping conflicts you know through reading help you in your leadership development do you, do you think about that when you're in your group talking about that so we have talked about it. It's certainly something that I wish I had had more skills doing um, mm-hmm. when I ha- had a bigger team that I was managing. I mean, now that I work for myself, it's, I don't necessarily have to do that all the time, except we, you do it with clients and internal politics and at client companies and that kind of stuff too. Um, I just think we get really, we can get really effective at that and be mm-hmm. faster at reading those situations. Um, and again, I think from that perspective, that advice that I got um, to go read psychology books is really good because mm-hmm. the conflict comes down to, well, what's motivating the different parties and the different people in that scenario? Um, and yeah. when those are in conflict, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's where we need to start off with. Um, yeah. Sorry, that, so. Yeah, and, and I think it's a little bit easier too because I mean, I think when you're reading it, you you know, when you have a conflict in the workplace, you you know, you immediately tighten up a little bit, and of course, you you do remember what's motivating you. You try to look at the conflict, but you're a little bit more relaxed when you're reading the book. Cause it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think you know, it's true. Like I. I always joke. It's like, I'm really good at giving my friends advice, better at giving friends advice than myself. The same, the same advice. And I think that that's kind of where we find ourselves in this, in this situation, but at least we don't need friends with drama to do, to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think another thing too, and I just, um, your opinion on this is that, that, um, you know, when you're mapping those complex and I think what, you know, uh, what we do, what we do in work sometimes is we make assumptions. Okay, um, we have certain perspectives and we make assumptions. And I think, I think when we're reading, um, it maybe helps us question our assumptions. Um, what do you have any kind of, you know, why why do you think that's important in, in leadership development and relating it to fiction? Well, I think so much of leadership is being able to make a decision. And we never have perfect information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to know where our blind spots are as much as possible. And I, I don't think we can ever get there a hundred percent. But I do think that the more we can say, okay, I'm making this decision based on these assumptions. We either for people who need confidence, a confidence boost to make that decision, or um, maybe it's, we need more imaginative out of the box thinking to make maybe a decision that's less obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, I can see that being really helpful Mm -hmm. as as well. And, and we're talking, you know, we've been talking about, you know, how fiction can help leadership development, but let's just kind of look at the whole organization. Okay. I mean, obviously good leaders, 
can lead and direct organizations better. Um, but we're talking about individuals. What about if, you know, the entire organization begins to get a little bit more involved in this? And, and how can it, how can reading fiction and develop, leadership development impact the entire organization, not just the indiv- individual? Yeah. So I think it's an interesting question, and I've heard anecdotes. So a couple of them. One was, a, I think it's a like a financial advisory company, and they have a classics professor that comes in, and they read classics, and then they do lectures. And their, goal, their whole point is trying to make their staff more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I've heard anecdotally is, and I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, which is like when you're reading about a character, it's it's somebody else. And so if the whole team is reading about the same character, if there's tension, conflict um, within that team and they're able to talk about that through a character, people are less defensive oh, yeah. about that because they're not nothing is nobody's pointing a finger at somebody who's in that conversation you're talking about something third party and so it can be really good at conflict resolution from that perspective mm-hmm. and then the other thing is that you're giving the team a common language to speak mm-hmm. around and i think anytime you can do that that's just exponentially helpful yeah and just to, to add to that i would also think maybe you you're you're giving a common language there's and uh, but you're also possibly getting exposure to different perspectives because mm-hmm. not everybody's going to relate to the character the same way you know i may relate to it one way you may relate to it another way and so you kind of get a um a perspective on other people's perspective and i think that would be yeah extremely helpful also definitely yeah, yeah. okay so we're going to take another break and when we get back i i i want to i want to you know, come up with the really hot question is what is good fiction? Okay. And um, and then also talk about, talk about exactly your group and what you're doing with your group and how do we get people interested in this? Um, um, I'm an avid reader myself and I really didn't think about it until you and I got together for this interview. Um, and, you know, how do we encourage people to, to, to get involved in this? So we'll talk about that after the break. And for our listeners, our guest today is Melanie Bell. She's a co-founder of Strategic Peace and the company helps B2B businesses generate outstanding revenue growth by bringing together their marketing, sales and service teams around an information-driven customer experience built on HubSpot platform. She's also an active angel investor and mentors the student accelerator programs at Rice University's Owl Spark and the University of Houston's Red Labs. And she is also founded Leaders Who Fiction And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that group and what they do after the break. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Melanie, she can find uh, a little bit about Leaders Who Fiction on Instagram under Leaders Who Fiction. Uh, You can reach out to Melanie on Melanie Bell on LinkedIn. And you can find more about Strategic Peace LLC under LinkedIn under strategic-peace-llc. And also you can learn about Leaders Who Fiction under Leaders Who Fiction 34 on YouTube. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of the Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing local search associations. And one of the things Cinda does is they also have Cinda for Startups who has a e-learning platform under W www.cinda.org under Center for Startups that is available to all entrepreneurs and all startups at no cost and helps startups and entrepreneurs go from idea until exit. So please go to www.cinda.org and check out that platform. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Join Humanity Evolve for an awe-inspiring glimpse into the future, where we explore the intersection of AI, humanity, and industries from healthcare to climate change. Discover the latest trends and innovations that are revolutionizing the world and learn how to thrive in the new era of technology. 
Our dynamic and engaging conversations with global leaders and experts will leave you inspired and empowered to create a positive future for yourself, your family, and your community. Get ready to unlock your potential and elevate your performance as we dive deep into the cutting-edge topics that are shaping our world. Don't miss out on this transformative journey to create a better world. Weekly episodes available on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today uh, we're talking about how we can develop leaders by having them read fiction. And a really great subject, um, something I never thought about until I started talking with our guest today. And our guest is Melanie Bell, and she's the co-founder of Strategic Peace. And the company helps B2B businesses generate outstanding revenue growth by bringing together their marketing, sales, and service teams and information-driven customer experience on HubSpot. And Melanie is also an active angel investor and mentors the student accelerated programs at Rice University's Owlspark and the University of Houston's Red Labs. And she is also the founder of Leaders Who Fiction. And that's what we're talking about and very excited about today, uh, Melanie. I mean, this is just such an, a different and interesting discussion that I never thought of having. But I want to come down to the hot war. We've talked about what we can learn for fiction. and um, But let's talk about what is good fiction? I mean, um, <laughs> I mean honestly. It's um, a loaded question. <laughs> I mean, we have so much, uh, there's so much out there. I mean, um, what do you consider, I mean, I'm sure you can learn from reading anything. We talked about, you can even learn from reading business books. Okay, of well, course. Well, what is good fiction? So um, there's probably like a thousand definitions. <laughs> <of fiction. laughs> Um, so there are a couple of key basic things though that I, I would look to. So one is, are we dealing with complex characters and do we care about those characters? Um, I think it really comes down to the, the, the people or, or yeah, characters in the book, um, in case they're not people. Um, I think strong choices in language, so stuff that's well-written, maybe interesting language linguistic choices of how to phrase things. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be really complicated vocabulary, but just something that's interesting. And honestly, I think anything that's really in, engages a reader is great. We want to keep reading it. We believe it. Um, it probably means there's some suspense because we want to keep turning the page and mm-hmm. we're invested in it. Um, so it's a, uh, I think there are a couple of characteristics, like I said, the, the complex characters and strong choices in language and that kind of stuff, that the mechanics of it, but really what good fiction is, is like the outcome of it more than the mm-hmm. inputs, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 I, I started thinking about this question when I was getting ready for your interview. And I started thinking, I, I think one of my favorite books ever okay was a classic and it was by george Eliot, um middle march okay mm-hmm. and i've read it a few times but the 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 truth of the matter is when i read it my brain's tired okay yep <laughs> so totally I mean, okay you know <laughs> and i was thinking maybe that's a good 
that's a good sign of fiction when my brain's tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think it can be if it's like an enjoyable tiredness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Middlemarch, I mean, that's such a great book. Yeah. Um, I love that book, book that too. And I, I do find, I mean, I do think in terms of classics, the vocabulary that was used is just so much more extensive than, than what we're used to dealing with. <laughs> um, yeah. So sometimes I feel like, okay, at least like when I'm telling myself this, I'm like, it's a muscle and I need to kind of keep working on it. And then, um, you know, I'll get a little bit more used to it, but, but yeah, I mean, it probably it's probably very thought provoking. You're probably really immersed in that book. And so it is, it's yeah. going to be a little bit taxing. Yeah. But then sometimes, I mean, what do you have a favorite book? What would be your favorite well, book? So my all time favorite book that I've read the most number of times is hundred years of solitude. Oh um, yeah. Mm -hmm. By Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Mm -hmm. I just absolutely yeah. love that book. Yeah, but that also makes your brain tired. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's really in a good way, in a good way. Okay, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, but what about? I mean, like some, you know, we work so much, and the brain, and you know, what about the page turners? You know, I mean, I read Patterson a lot. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I I read Jonathan Kellerman. Okay, um, um, you know, I I'm not a big Grisham fan. But, you know, I mean, what about these page turners? I mean, can you learn anything? I mean, they're kind of popular. They, these guys pop out. These guys or women pop out like quite a few books, you know, bing, bing, bing. Um, do you think we can learn anything from those? I do. I mean, I, I feel like it'd be easy to be like a literary snob about it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I do think that we can learn stuff from them. The, the tricky thing with them is, the characters tend to be a bit more formulaic. Mm. And so I don't know that the benefit would be quite as good as something that's a, a little bit more on the literary spectrum side of things. But um, I enjoy those books too. And honestly, it can't be serious all the time. They're really enjoyable. Right. And there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Because when you really just kind of want to go through it, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I pick those up quite a bit also when yes. I'm, you know, on the train or, you know, yeah. um, in the airplane and stuff. So, so let's talk about getting people to, 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 you know, I mean, a lot of people have, have given up reading fiction. So why is that? Yeah. I think it's, well, I still think that some of it is we have all have like PTSD from high school English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the joy of reading was sucked out of us um, by school and we've got to kind of rediscover the joy around it. Um, we're not having to write some analytical essay afterwards about it. Um, it's way more fun. And then I think, the other thing is I do think that we get busy and we are on devices a lot. And so it is hard at the end of the day to just be like, okay, so I'm going to go stare at something else. Um, but I found it and it is, that to me is very much a muscle memory mm -hmm. kind of thing, which is like the more you read, the easier it is. Your eyes won't be as tired at the end of the day. You'll want to pick the book up. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. yeah, at the start, you're probably like, Ugh. <laughs> If yeah, you don't yeah. want to do this. You just need a really good book. Just yeah. find a really good book. Yeah, and then start on. So how do you encourage? Because you started this group. Um, you mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about that. And how, how do you how do you encourage people to, to read more fiction? Sure. So um, for lack of a better word, it is an online book club. Um, I think because everybody there is also with the purpose of developing leadership skills, I kind of view it as also a networking group. Mm -hmm. um, so we do get to build personal relationships with the other people who are on the calls. And that's been really cool to see since I started this, these relationships develop. Um, but sometimes it's just, it, it's like anything else because you're part of a group, then there's some accountability to it. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a deadline, uh, as you get to know people and their preferences, you want to read because you're guessing like, Ooh, I bet this person really is going to like this book or is going to hate this book. <laughs> and I, wa I, I want to hear their opinion on it. Um, but it's just that accountability that, um, I, I have found that to be the most helpful thing with having this, this group. 
Mm-hmm. And so when you, if you go to the meetings, what, what can people expect? Sure. So, I mean, we do start off most of the time with like, just, so what did you think of the book? Um, I had a couple of people who told me they were expecting very high level like kind of intense conversations. Um, They were worried about keeping up, but they're like, oh, it wasn't like that at all. It was very Mm -hmm. approachable. Um, I tend to have questions in advance in case the conversation comes to a lull, but most of the time we don't need them because people want to come up with their own things that they're curious about from having read it and want the group's opinion on it. So we meet for an hour once a month, some people don't come every month. That's totally fine. It's just as often as people can make it. And if they're interested in joining, how would they go about that? doing that? Sure. So uh, we have a website, which is leaderswhofiction.com. And on there, we've got the next three meetings listed out of what books are coming up mm-hmm. and uh, Zoom links to where people can sign up and register. Mm-hmm. to come to that. Um, I put the books three months out because for some people who are slower readers, you know, they'd rather kind of like pick up in a couple of months and, and not mm-hmm. necessarily like rush through a first book with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So, so do you suggest then books that they read? Is that what I'm understanding? Yes. So we have, mm-hmm. we pick one book each month um, mm-hmm. and we all read the same book. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we, do you, I mean, this is, a, um, we have a very international audience here. So, I mean, would international readers be welcome to this club I, um, also? Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. We do it on Zoom. It's currently, we just have one time, but if the group grew to a, another point, I would love to have a second time zone that we service so that we can have even more international people. Um, mm-hmm. So we meet the last Wednesday of the month at noon central time, so six hours. Okay, so that's Earlier not so bad. GMC. So your European, your European would be six evening. o'clock in the evening. So that would be yeah. not a big deal. Actually, it'd probably be a very, very good time for the Europeans, you know, after the dinner time or whatever. So yeah, uh, my yeah. my brother-in-law is in New Zealand, and he gets a bit. He's got the short end of the stick on it, but <laughs> yeah, that might be a little hard. But yeah. um, I, I just, but, but before we close, I have one question that I'm dying to ask you because I, I'm curious on your opinion on this. So I sometimes listen to audio books. Okay, not always really, really with some classic fiction, but this started a while ago because I had an eye operation and I couldn't read anything for almost four weeks, and. Um, what it, do you think you lose something by listening to audiobooks? And of course, it all depends on the narrator because sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're horrible. Um, but you know, what's your opinion on that? So I I think it's great. However, people want to read. We have um, actually some of the people in our group. There's an integration now between Kindle and Audible where you can actually mm-hmm. switch back and forth right. as you read, and it will pick up your spot. I think that's awesome. Um, I I heard on a different podcast that's about reading. A, it was a couple of years ago now, and they brought up the fact that only recently did we have the literacy rates that we do today. That's mm-hmm. fairly recent, and so a lot of times, anything that's pre mid eighteen hundreds and before was actually probably written to be told orally. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than be written down and read written. And so I think audiobooks are great. And yeah. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen any studies that, you know, about the simulation and, you know, does it have the same impact mm-hmm. that reading does? So I can't speak to it from a scientific perspective, but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, oral tradition was around for a long, long time. So I'm all for it. Okay, uh, I jump back and forth. So we're getting towards the end of our our, our show, and um, this has been an incredible conversation. And uh, just some some conclusions, some last words for our listeners about about maybe the relationship to, to why reading fiction, you know, fiction helps leadership development, and and maybe an encar- couple encouraging words on to why they should do it. <laughs> sure. So. Um... In terms of last words, I just think that this is another tool that we have available in a toolkit to make ourselves better leaders. 
Um, not everybody enjoys reading fiction and that's fine. I'm not trying to convert you. If you, if you absolutely hate novels, um, go find something else that you enjoy that outside of work that really engages, you know, your mind and emotions and, and that's totally fine. But if it's been a while since you picked up a novel, pick up a good one. We've got lots of recommendations on our website and just hop back in. Um, okay. Great. And the website again is www.leaderswhofiction.com. Yes, leaderswhofiction.com. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been really, really enjoyable um, and um, a great discussion. And for our listeners, we've been talking with Melanie Bell, and she is the founder of uh, Leaders Who Fiction on leaderswhofiction.com. So please check it out and um, and think about joining the group. She is also the co-founder of Strategic Peace. And Strategic Peace is a company that helps B2B businesses generate outstanding revenue by bringing together their marketing, sales, and service teams and around an information-driven customer experience built on HubSpot. And she's also an angel, an active angel investor and mentors the student accelerator programs at Rice University's OwlSpark and the University of Houston's Red Labs. Now, to reach out to Melanie, you can reach out to her on LinkedIn under Mel- Melanie a bell and on uh, instagram under leadership Who fiction on linkedin you can also find strategic peace under strategic dash peace llc and leaders Who fiction also has a youtube station channel under a at Leaders Who Fiction 34. So please reach out to her. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Cinda, uh, Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They also have a e-learning platform for startups. Please go to www.cinda.org. And their next conference is being held October 22nd to 25th in Porto, Portugal. And it will also have a startup section. So please reach out and thanks for listening today. And please listen to us on Tuesdays, 3 p.m. Pacific time and tune in again next week. Take care. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.